Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. This is Sports Day for Kia. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Sports Day is in the heart of Adelaide with Paul Bonza and Chad Sayers. Today, great to have the chat in and you can uh, be part of the show. 0427-154-166. That's the text line. Thanks to Weeks. Discover exceptional customer service. Weeks Homes. Discover different. Now, Chad, we have got the man with the greatest hair in Adelaide and one of the best cricket brains in world cricket is Barat Sunderason. And don't miss any of your team's matches on the T20 World uh, T20 World Cup on KO Sports. What's the T20 Cricket World Cup on KO Sports on Sunday? Barat, welcome to Sports ASA, my friend. Hello, guys. Uh, feels like uh, I was just sitting next to Chaddy uh, a few minutes ago, uh, <laughs> and uh, here we are. I'm, I'm nearly in Melbourne. I'm just on my uh, what around 80 k's away from getting into the Melbourne CBD. So yeah, you caught me at a good time. Is uh, you driving over? I do. Look, I, I like to do this drive. Uh, uh, just, just sorry. I'm also just helping someone. I'll tell you about that now. Uh, yeah, I do like my Adelaide to Melbourne drives. I generally do it later in the year with the wife and the dogs. Uh, right. But this time around, just had a couple of my old journalism colleagues from India. So I thought, yeah, you know, make a road trip of it. Oh, fantastic. It's, uh, it's excellent. Well, I'm glad, glad you're only 80 k's away and you're, so far you got there safely. Uh, let's talk quickly, before we get into the final, let's talk about last night. India, 6 for 168. Pena, 63 off 33. And Coley, uh, pretty classy, 50 off 40 balls. Um, but then England decide to bat as well as England have batted in any T20 game ever with Butler making 80 and Hales making 86. What are your thoughts after the game? I mean, it was uh, a bit too one-sided after a point, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of people, were, at least among the English press, were surprised that George Butler decided to field first. Uh, it, they said they felt that it was a defensive call. They didn't want to risk India chasing anything down. But just the way England bowled, I thought in the first 10, 12 overs, and also the way India batted, let them bowl, I should say, uh, contributed to you know, what was a below-par score, but the way Josh Butler and Alex Hale started, um, who knows, they would have mowed down even 220 on that pitch. Uh, so, yeah, I think it, it was almost a, a clash of cultures in terms of T20 cricket. India still sort of flirting with breaking free and playing the fearless cricket that they've spoken about, and, and England actually going ahead and doing it. And clearly, England were... Easy winners from, say, what, 50, 60% of the 
uh, or into the game. Now, we're right, Chad here. I hope you've got your eyes on the road, mate. <laughs> Don't worry, Chad. Always eyes on the road, eyes on the ball. You taught me well. <laughs> um, you talk about them playing fearless cricket. They obviously batted with no real intent in that power play, did they? Is, is it because Rowett uh, maybe had a target in sight and thought maybe 160 was enough? That's what he seemed to suggest uh, after the game, did he? He almost seemed to suggest that whatever they had put on the board um, shouldn't have been chased down. I mean, suggest that he said that. He shouldn't have been chased down in 16, 17 overs uh, purely because he felt that his bowlers let him down, which was a little unfortunate, I would say. If I was Bhuvaneshwar Kumar or one of the other bowlers, I would have felt a little let down by my captain, to be honest. Uh, no, I think Rohit had struggled throughout throughout the tournament, he just didn't look like he was in his natural rhythm uh, at any point. And the fact that KL Rahul was getting stuck at the other end didn't help. So Rohit had to play the aggressive role or the aggressor's role. Um, and yeah, by the end of the 15th over, India just got to 100 runs. And uh, like, like you saw, Chad, without Hardik Pandya, they would have got nowhere close to even putting up a decent score. Uh, so in many ways, I think India lost the game in the first 10 overs. They sort of played catch up, but it was never going to be enough. And we always talk about the power play being so important in 2020 cricket, don't we? And we saw Alex Hales and Josh Butler just light up the Adelaide Oval last night. They hit the boundaries from ball one, really, and um, that's got to be a positive going into the final. Uh, a big positive, but that's been a positive for England throughout this World Cup, hasn't it? The uh, openers have scored a lot of runs. Uh, uh, the stats, guy will, stats guys will tell you that what the middle order hasn't, uh, made 60 runs or nobody's made anywhere close to 60 runs in that middle order so they haven't really got much of an opportunity either uh, Ben Stokes guided them home against Sri Lanka in that nervy chase but it's been Butler and Hales uh, all along uh, and look I think it is a masterclass of T20 batting right? you're talking about two guys who've done it over and over again all around the world and we saw it right Chad the number of times they hit the first or the second ball away for a boundary and Zerbeer put so much pressure on the Indian bowlers uh, and with not much to defend, they, they just collapsed after a while. In there. So I think uh, that's how you need to go about T20 batting in modern-day cricket. Uh, a, you need to have the skills, but you also then need to have the courage to play the way Butler and Hales did. Uh, but the big challenge for England, and I'm sure we'll discuss the final as we move on, is can they survive that new ball against the likes of Afridi and Ralph and Nasim Shah? If they do, then I guess England could well, depend, regardless of whether they bat first or second, uh, they could put similar kind of pressure on Pakistan. But if they don't, then you have a middle order which is largely untested during this World Cup. Who starts favourite in your eyes, Brett? Uh, I, I think, look, uh, my emotional picks for, for the final are Pakistan. Uh, purely because of the way they've come back into this tournament. Yeah, the Dutch did them a massive favour last Sunday uh, in uh, a game that Chad Sayers and I are not going to forget in the hurry. We were up and down. We were jumping uh, for joy. It almost felt like the Red Packs were winning, didn't they? That we had laid over, Chaddy. Uh, <laughs> you were jumping uh, for about uh, seven it, hours, bro. I think you, you, you said I wouldn't have the same amount of energy at 5.30pm, but there I was. Showing me the wrong. same level of energy, if not more. <laughs> I was putting on a show for you as well, Chad. <laughs> Trust me. No, but um, where from where they were 
eight days ago, nine days ago, or maybe what, even a week ago, to where they are now, Pakistan, uh, is, is just the beauty of Pakistan cricket. That's why they uh, provide so much excitement, especially in these world events. Uh, and things seem to be clicking into place for them. Shaheen Afridi started a little sore at the start of the tournament. People were critical. Maybe they felt he was rushed into the side uh, a bit too early because it was India. Uh, but just the way he bowled against Bangladesh, not just the wickets, but the rhythm he had, the pace he was bowling at, and again against New Zealand, uh, tells you that he, he's firing the way Pakistan want him to fire. The, the rest of the team attack has been brilliant. Nasim Shah, in particular, has been one of the standouts. Uh, and then, now that Babar Azam and Mohamed Rizwan seem to have got some flow to their batting as well, uh, just makes them such a dangerous side. Not to forget Mohamed Aris, who... Uh, yeah, I mean, he's added that X factor that Pakistan have uh, so often lacked in the middle order. Uh, so they're just dangerous from top to bottom. But in a way, so are England. So that just makes it uh, a fascinating final of what has been a fascinating World Cup. And you talk about their pace attack. We saw it firsthand at the Adelaide Oval against Bangladesh. Barat, um, the MCG's obviously going to suit them with uh, wide, wide square boundaries. It is, and the weather as well. It's already started drizzling as soon as I entered Victoria. <laughs> it's, it's looking looking pretty grim from where I am right now, Chad. Uh, and if even, let's say, we get a few overs in on Sunday or whatever happens with the weather, even the conditions will suit the the Pakistani bowlers. Uh, but just the variety they have. I mean, all four of them. And plus, then come the spinners as well. Shadab Khan, another uh, key guy for them in the middle overs. He bowls so beautifully. Uh, against Bangladesh and against South Africa. Uh, and, and that's the thing, right? Like, So if Shaheen doesn't get you, then Nasim Shah can get you. But not in the same way. They they bring so many different challenges to the table. And that's what makes them such a potent bowling group. And uh, that, that's going to be the big challenge for England if they can overcome that. So what is the, the most important aspect of the final for England? Do they have to bowl and field well or is it all about their batting? Because their batting lineup is long. It is, and Josh Butler said that Adil Rashid was supposed uh, uh, scheduled to bat at number 11. That is a long batting lineup, uh, but you often don't need 11 batters to win your T20 game, as we, we've seen repeatedly over the years. Uh, I think it's, it's just a question of uh, somehow playing the power playovers the, the way they just. I, I think that's how England will play the power playovers or the entire game. We've seen how England go about T20 cricket. And that hasn't changed regardless of conditions or who they're facing. Uh, and that's why they pack their side up with a lot of batters as well. The, the impressive bit about England in this tournament has been their bowling. Uh, we saw in 2016 as well, where they seemed like the best team going into the final. But the death bowling and the bowling altogether just wasn't good enough in those conditions. But uh, I think though there's so much focus on their batting, uh, it, it could well come down to, you know, if they have to defend the total or even... If they bowl first, the bowlers would set the game up for them. Uh, they came for some tap against uh, Hardik Pandya last night, uh, but I'm sure they'll go back and come back uh, wiser. And if Mark Wood's fit, hopefully he's fit. Uh, England did miss him yesterday and won despite not having him around. I think that changes the equation completely. You know, what, 31 balls over 150 kph in this World Cup. Uh, just for as a neutral, I hope he's fit. Uh, and again, that, that, that's the X factor they need with the ball. You talk about their death bowling there, Barat, but last night, Dil Rashid, he was outstanding, wasn't he? And a little cameo from Liam Livingston as well. 
Uh, yeah, and and that's where uh, you know you and I were on air together at that point, Chad. We were surprised that uh, Rishabh Pant wasn't sent in a, a little earlier, albeit eventually it was Hardik Pandya who gave him India some chance, a semblance of a chance anyway. Uh, but uh, yeah, India kind of allowed Adil Rashid to bowl the way he did. Uh, but credit to him, I thought he pulled things back beautifully and and never never really let India get away. He had to strangle on them. And then to pick up Surya Kumar Yadav uh, when it mattered. You know, it hit a couple of boundaries in the previous over. You just felt like the momentum was shifting. Uh, but then that blow is the one. I think that that was the blow for them, wasn't it? And suddenly you had two guys who you kind of could predict where they were going to hit or the regions they were going to hit too. And, and I think that's where they got through the next three or four overs without conceding too many runs. Uh, but yeah, he could well have been uh, player of the match, Adil Rashid, if not for the way Alec Hale's batted. And before we put India in the bin, Bonds, I <laughs> uh, just want to talk about Yadav. How good's he been, Barat? He plays some unbelievable shots, doesn't he? Yeah, and you know, it's only India got to the final, regardless of what would have happened then, he could well have been the player of the tournament. Right? Just, I think he's made a mockery of the conditions uh, so often. Uh, well, a lot of other batters have struggled or at least have had to change their approach and their tactics uh, it, it, across the innings. Uh, Surya Kumar Yadav was just walked out and played shots from from the get-go, and uh, no wonder he's the number one ranked batter in this format. Uh, and, and, you know, those of us who saw him coming through the ranks in Mumbai, thought he, we always knew he would play for India. We thought he would play much, much earlier, uh, six or seven years ago, but he's taken his own time to mature, not just on the field, but off the field as well, and uh, yeah, what a find, not just for Indian cricket, but for world cricket. What about, uh, what are you looking forward to in the final? What's what's the one thing that you're going to sit there and I can't wait to see this player do this or this player do that? Um, firstly, I hope uh, I don't see much rain because I want to get back on Monday uh, or I'll get into trouble at home. So that's the first thing I'm looking forward to uh, because I don't think my, the wife gets the concept of reserve days and why I need to spend another day in Melbourne when I don't have to. <laughs> so, uh, no, I mean, from a from a cricketing perspective, uh, uh, like I said earlier, I really do hope Mark Wood plays. Uh, that just makes it like uh, a, a treat from a fast bowling sense, right? To see those four Pakistani fast bowlers and Mark Wood in what could be helpful conditions uh, would be wonderful. I, I think that would also be an apt summation of how this tournament has been. Uh, different conditions all around Australia. Uh, the bowlers have had, had a big say at different stages of this tournament. So it would only be apt if the bowlers have a final say on this. And uh, you know, I, I predicted it would be a bowlers tournament in a way like where we end up seeing a, a lot of bowlers put their hand up and especially fast bowlers make a name for themselves. I think that has happened, but it would be good to see them, yeah, you know, just uh, light up the final uh, and one more time this tournament. And Barat, you talk about the rain. There's a lot predicted, 15 and 25 mil I'm hearing in Adelaide. Um, obviously, we don't want this game to get washed out and the time slot for the Monday, the reserve day, not a great one. It's not, Chad, and um, yeah, Sunday looks pretty grim. Uh, Monday, depending on which app you're checking as well, I don't have the Laurie Oliver, uh, Laurie Oliver, uh, <laughs> the what, what does he call it, the rain parrot one. 
Yeah, I don't think I can afford it anyway. So, <laughs> so uh, no, at least the apps I'm looking at, uh, it makes a grim reading for both Sunday and Monday. Uh, uh, but hopefully, hopefully we get enough play across both days to get a full game. Uh, it would be a pity if the World Cup Finals, the 10-over shootout or even was a 5-over shootout. Uh, but that would still be better than the two teams sharing the trophy. Or maybe not. Maybe England and Pakistan are better off sharing the trophy rather than having to you know, decide that uh, the winner in a, in a five-over like, uh, shootout or uh, just one of those games where you, you, you know, it's a gamble. It's, it's a lottery then, isn't it? So um, hopefully the weather clears. But um, at the moment, as we near Melbourne, and don't worry, I'm not driving. I just have a friend driving now. Uh, it looks very good. It just looks very, very uh, grim and uh, uh, quite needy, to be honest. Me and Bonds are both sitting here, mate, and we both want to win her, so the game better get on. And But who is your prediction for the final, mate? And who's going to be the player of the, tour, uh, player of the series and man of the match? Ooh, all right. You really put me on the spot there, Chari. I mean, like I said earlier, I really want Pakistan to win, and I think I just have a sneaky feeling they're going to do it again like they did 30 years ago. Different format, different era. Uh, and... Player of the match, I, I'm going to say it's going to be Nassim Shah. I've been so impressed by him throughout the tournament. Uh, you remember him, Chaddy. He came here as a 15, 16-year-old four years ago or three years ago. Uh, lost his mom while he was here and made his debut. Uh, a lot of hype around him. And, and then he went back and has just become a better bowler with every performance or every outing. Uh, and he's come back here uh, as a white ball uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's really set the tournament up for Pakistan so many times. Even the last bowler, uh, last over against New Zealand, not conceding a boundary. So I'm, I'm going to pick a fast bowler. You'd be happy with that, Chari. Nassim Shah to be Perfect. the player of the match and uh, player of the tournament. Yeah, no, no. Who do you want to... I, I'll leave that with you, Chari. Who, you, who do you want the player of the tournament to be? Virat's got to be close, hasn't he? Yeah, I think Virat Kohli or maybe a Freedy. We'll go a Freedy. Got to have a finalist in there. He's been good all, all tournament. Oh, yeah. Now, oh, one, there, you one, there you go. Shaheen Shah Freedy, player of the tournament. Yeah, we're all happy with that. Okay, so they can just roll that out tomorrow and uh, we can all <laughs> pat ourselves on the back. Or Sunday, I should say, and we can pat ourselves on the back. One very important question before we go. Uh, we're interested in your outfit for Sunday. Have you got something special picked out to wear to the final? <laughs> Um, all I can say, Bonds, is that there will be a lot of color on show. Uh, I, I don't really think about it uh, till till that very morning. I'll wake up. It will be an airwash day. It's uh, set up like that. It's not by choice. It's just how it, how it's worked out. Uh, but yeah, I mean, once the hair is washed, it's dried, it's conditioned. I, I'll just look into the mirror and whatever fits, fits, Bonds. I, I'll send you a picture for sure, though. <laughs> what what colour would we be rocking? Green or, or red? Um, you know, that's that's the advantage of being me. There'll be all sorts of colours, so you, you won't be able to make <laughs> out who I'm backing in. <laughs> there, yeah, there will be green, there will be red, there will be blue, there will be purple, there will be lots of colours. Maybe a little more green than blue is all I think. Yeah, good on you. All right, thanks, Barat. Uh, you've done a fantastic job on SEN Cricket throughout the 
entire tournament. And um, I'm sure it won't be long before we see you back here commentating some Shield cricket as well. Thanks for joining us. Safe travels over there and on your way back, my friend. And uh, hopefully the rain stays away and we get a fantastic final in front of 100,000 screaming fans at the MCG on Sunday. Thanks so much, guys. But none of that will match up to the Adelaide Oval or even the Karen Rolton Oval, the three of us and some red backs in action. <laughs> Great to speak with you again, mate. We'll speak soon. <laughs> Have a great evening, guys. Cheers. Thanks. We're at Sunday Race and now uh, our cricket guru. And we're very, very lucky to have that man here in Adelaide. And we've, we've known him for a little while now. And such, such a pleasant human being. Like you don't get too many more guys that are, they're never down. He's never down. He's always, he's always up and about. He's always wants to talk cricket. Um, and he's always dressed in the most colourful outfits you've ever seen. He is. He's a great man. And I actually remember when we were doing 2Ks at uh, the uni loop for the Redbacks um, a couple of years ago, and I saw Barat just standing under the trees. I'm thinking, who is this bloke? He just keeps watching us run laps. And up being Barat. Got to know him a little bit throughout my cricket career and now commentating with him. He's, he's great fun. And as you said, he's a great person. So lucky to have him. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.